This is the Dad Devotionals Podcast with Dave Domzowski. Each week, I'll bring you compelling interviews that'll educate, inspire, and motivate you to become the father and husband our Lord called you to be. We're a community of devoted dads who want to strengthen our faith and family and live out our true purpose in this life. Please, won't you join us? Just text me at 717-913-5671, and you'll be welcomed into my Devoted Dads community. And if you want to support the podcast, we invite you to purchase a product, a book, or a course in our affiliate shop on daddevotionals.com. You can also contribute monthly at patreon.com slash daddevotionals. Now, here's today's show. God bless. Hey, guys. Are you in a leadership role in your current job? If so, I have a course for you. It's called Heroic Leadership. There is only one thing that's certain, and that is there will be uncertainty. But you don't have to wait around for things to happen. You can take charge of your life, your people, and your career. Instead of being reactive, you can be proactive. You can pivot when things go awry, which they inevitably will. Instead of operating from a fixed mindset, you can operate from a growth mindset. You can see opportunity, not lack. Instead of focusing on only yourself, you can come from a place of empathy. You can be that rising tide that lifts other boats. It's time you forge ahead with an inspired plan and the motivation to execute it. You see the caliber of people you'll be spending time with here. As Jim Rome said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, you're spending time with Jeffrey Hazlett, who will guide you through what it's like to answer the call as a C-suite executive. You're listening to Sarah Staley, who has dealt with many crises in her own time at Stanford University Medical Center. You'll also hear from Sean Maroney, who has suffered from obesity and other issues his entire life. Yet all these people are stronger for their experience and will teach you how to overcome anything. Now is the time to be extraordinary. Now is the time to step up. Now is the time to be your best when things are at their worst. It's time to answer the call. Join us today. Go to daddevotionals.com slash leader right now. That's daddevotionals.com slash leader to get instant access to this course. Now, let's get to today's episode. Hey there, devoted dads. Today we have Joseph Warren joining us. He's the host of two, count them, two top 100 podcasts, Broken Catholic and your first 100K. He's also the founder and elite men's coach at Blow Up Rocks, the number one coaching system for husbands who want to go from angry and stressed to peace and purpose in 90 days or less. And today we're talking about work-life balance and how to fulfill your role as a dad without all the anger. Joseph, welcome to the show. So great to have you, man. David, let's get this, man. There are men that have been searching, that have been praying uh, for God to answer their prayers. They got rocks in their lives. They got rocks in their heads. They got rocks in their marriages, their businesses, their parenting. Uh, they don't know how to get rid of them. They're being crushed left and right. And many of them resort to outlets like porn and alcohol and other destructive addictions that make it worse, that create more rocks in their life. So let's set them free today. What do you think? Absolutely, man. Amen to that. So really quick, though, before we begin, anything else you want to add that I left off in your resume there? Yeah, my whole life. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, God's, God's been working on me, right? Like He's blown up the rocks in my life. 
sure. I had rocks around my heart for mm-hmm. my entire you know, adolescent into young adult life, uh, especially around God. I had spiritual rocks, and we'll discuss some of those things today. And uh, I saw God as a tyrant, as a uh, someone to be feared. Uh, you know, you think of the Garden of Eden, right? Uh, when I messed up, man, I ran from God and hid in the woods. I hid in the garden. And so many of us men, that's our go-to. That's what we do. We we see God as someone to be feared, um, that's going to condemn us, chastise us, abuse us, because that's how the world has shown up for us. That's right. how maybe some of our parents or loved ones uh, did to us. And God, I think, wants, I don't think, God wants us to see him as the prodigal father uh, mm-hmm. with arms wide open, son, come back. I don't mm-hmm. care what you've done. I just care that you come to me. I'll blow up these rocks for you. I'm your father. I love you. So I really want to show up with a message of God's love, his forgiveness, and his transformation for your life. He doesn't want you stuck there, brother. He doesn't want you crushed under a pile of rocks in your life, learning to manage and cope with them. He wants you free. So that's what we're about today. Absolutely. So Let's get into some of those rocks first. Um, you know, one of the things that dads seem to really struggle with is that anger element. You know, I mean, I, 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 I seem to think that it almost was compounded maybe in many ways for a lot of folks, obviously, over the last two years. And I know for me, it's been a lifelong struggle. So I know you have a new book coming out that talks a little bit about this. So can you tell us about for the dads out there that are listening, how can they overcome the anger of the stress and the frustration? Sure. I think first we need to understand what's going on inside of you mm-hmm. uh, and that it's not your fault. There's an attack that's happening on you. You're not causing it. Um, but we need to know who the attacker is and we need to know their strategies in order to win the battle. All right. So I'm about to teach you the guy problem that isn't taught in church, but should mm-hmm. be. All right. You guys want to hear this? Come on. Let's hear it. Come on, I want to hear some claps. If only podcasts we could hear the, the audience. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so here's the, the problem that no one is telling you. Um, when you were born, God put good soil in each man. The Bible tells us everything God made was good, including you, brother. And in you, he put good soil, soil that's fertile and rich and meant to be fruitful in his kingdom. Okay, so you have fertile and fruitful soil when you were a little baby boy, formed in your mama's womb. But then the enemy started lying to you, and he whispered into your ear over time. And he told you three lies your entire life, and they've been attacking your identity, who you are as a man, what you're called to do. And here's the three lies, and I know they're going to resonate with you. Mm. So Amen. put your hand up, comment, send David a message, do something, say, dude, that's me. All right. Lie number one, the enemy tells each of us, God doesn't love you. God doesn't love you. If he did, then why did he let you experience so much pain and hurt in your life? Mm. Especially when you were younger. Why didn't he protect you? Because he doesn't love you. God doesn't love you. And then over your entire life, 
the enemy pointed out, highlighted evidence of you not being loved, right? Broken relationships, broken business relationships, partnerships, disappointments, right? God doesn't love you. Nobody loves you. You're not even lovable, right? So you get the evidence stacked, stacked, right? So these are rocks that start to stack in our lives. So that's the first lie. God doesn't love you. Second lie, God isn't a good father and you can't trust him. God isn't a good father and you can't trust him. After all, where was he when that person hurt you or broke your trust? He's not a good father. He doesn't protect you. Come on. This is the same lie God, uh, sorry, the enemy sold to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Right. God's not a good father. He's holding something back from you. Go bite from the apple. He knows. He's scared. If you bite it, you're going to see good and evil. You're going to see everything. Go take a bite. And then Eve shows up to Adam all naked with a shiny red apple. Hey, we're men. We're going to bite that thing. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That had so many implications. It was ridiculous, David. (laughs) All right. So that's line number two. God isn't a good father and you can't trust him. So the, uh, the enemy stacks evidence your whole life of all those times in God's life where he didn't protect you from hurt and pain. Right. But what's true is God uses hurt and pain to grow you. But see, the Remember. enemy doesn't want you to see that, right? No, no, no. God lets you hurt and suffer because he doesn't love you. You can't trust him. He's not a good father. Line number three, you are no good. You are defective. There's something wrong with you, brother. Because if you were good, then God would have protected you, but you're a piece of crap. So he didn't, and he doesn't, and he won't. And the enemy stacks all those evidences and rocks in your life to prove these three lies to you. And those lies are big rocks, okay? So you got good soil. You were formed with good soil. God made you good, brother. But then over a lifetime, the enemy threw rocks into your soil. Then other people, because they're broken and hurting and fallen, sinful, just like you, they threw rocks into your soil, the evidence we're talking about. And then you picked up some rocks and you threw some back. Come on, you hurt some people, brother. Sure. Maybe you're still hurting people. Maybe you're hurting your wife, your kids right now. But you're doing it to survive. They're doing it first. It's their fault. So we're throwing rocks at each other, and everybody's getting rocks in their soils and these rocks. And then, can't forget, David, we throw rocks at ourselves. Yes, we do. Self-talk. Negative self-talk. I had a client come to me once in the beginning, and he was like, I was like, What's, what rocks are you dealing with? Joseph, every morning I wake up for the past three years, and for the first five minutes of my morning, I lie in bed. And I yell at myself and I hate myself. And I say, you're a piece of crap. You're no good. Nothing's going to work out for you. It's all going to crash and burn. They're going to find out you're a fraud. Nobody loves you. And I would just say all these things to myself that would just destroy any self-confidence I had for the day. And then I'd shake it off. I'd get up, get in the shower, go down to my wife and kids and start my day. And I'm like, bro, how are you standing right now? That's how you start your day? How could you be successful? 
Mm-mm. How could you win when you set yourself up to fail every morning? See, these are rocks. Right. He was thrown at himself for five minutes for every day for three years. And they dropped into the soil. And over time, life and storms and weather and rain and winds, they pushed the rocks deep, deep down into our soil, our good soil. So much so that when you get enough rocks that are left unaddressed, they grow. Rocks grow. Nothing else grows in the soil, but rocks grow. And those little pebbles that were innocent at first the lies others threw at you, the enemy threw at you. See, when you said them back to yourself, you digested them. You put a rock in your mouth and you swallowed it. They were external, but you made them internal. Now they're inside your soil. And once they're inside your soil, oh, bro, good luck. And they grow and they grow and they grow over the years. And those little pebbles become stones. And then they grow into boulders that look like addictions. And those addictions are so heavy and so big, they crush you. And by the time you start to notice them because they're so big and they're raising to the surface of your soil, you go to lift them and say, shoot, I can't have this. I need this out of my life. But guess what, brother? You're not strong enough. They've overtaken you. Now you desperately need God's strength. But here's the problem. As men, we don't want to ask for help. David, true or true? No, amen. We do amen. not. Amen. It's a bad amen. <laughs> it's hard for it, me. <laughs> we, don't wa- we don't want to ask for help, even though we're pinned under a pile of rocks. Everyone mm. sees it. People are like, bro, get up, get up. I can't. I won't. I'll do it myself. I'm working on it. It's a famous line men say. I'm working on it. Yeah, that's something I need to work on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Add it to the list. Brother, how many things are you working on? Brother, how long have you been working on it? Mm. Brother, is it working? Good point. If it's not, stop being insane. Stop doing the same thing over and over again. It's not working, all right? So these rocks overtake us. We need God's help because our good soil now has become rocky ground. It went from fertile and fruitful to fearful, unfruitful, and useless. Desert. Mm -hmm. This is how many men, Christian men, godly men, sons of the Father, are showing up in their life. Why do you think they're so bleeping passive? They're walking around with a pile of rocks on their back. It's hard to fight when you got rocks on your back. True or true. Right. So, brother, if this is you right now, put your hand up. Don't be proud of it, but shoot, acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. God wants you to be faithful. He wants you to be fruitful, and he wants you to be fulfilled in his kingdom. This is what I help men to do, right? To go from that pinned down way of living to that free, bold, persevering Mm. sonship that God calls us to. And then leading our own wife and kids and being so attractive to them that they want to follow us. We don't need to force faith on them. So whenever you're ready, I could go into the seven deadly rocks that kill most men. 
Well, that was going to be one of my next questions. And then also how we as guys can help start remedying this and, and, and fixing this in our lives and, and coming to you for those, uh, for those helpful tips and words of wisdom and uh, strategies to do so. Mm. Whether you come to me or you go to someone else, just get help. Yeah. Right? Stop trying to do it yourself. Seriously, bro. It's not working. Everyone sees it but you. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I try to bring levity into you know a very serious matter. Yeah, absolutely. Because us men, we take ourselves way too serious. And we need to laugh a little. Say, shoot, I'm, I got rocks, man. Well, that's why we call it blow up rocks. Because men like to blow up things. Let's be honest. We've been doing this since we were boys. I don't want you to tell me I got a problem. I don't want you to tell me that something's wrong with me. The enemy in life and people have been telling me my whole life. I've been telling me. Well, I mean, the best part of any home project is the demo, right? The demo, (laughs) man. Let's go destroy some things for good. Right. Right Right. Right now, the rocks in your life are destroying the good in your life. Mm -hmm. Amen. Let's destroy the rocks for good. To bring good back into your life. That's the switch. That's the transformation. That's what God wants. So there's seven deadly rocks that kill most men. Brother, if you don't have a pen and paper out, like smack yourself. What are you doing? Grab a pen and paper. You need to write this down. You think you're going to remember it? You can't. You got rocks in your head moving around. (laughs) Come on, David. We're having fun. All right. The first types of rocks, all right? Mental rocks. We got mental rocks, rocks in our head, right? These are This is the stupid thinking that's holding you back in all areas of your life, right? Why do you do the things you do, but you won't do the things you want? And then why won't you do the things you're supposed to do, but you keep doing the things you're not supposed to do? St. Paul, amen. St. Paul. <laughs> oh, oh, I got a thorn in my flesh. God gave it to me. It's a gift. Bro. That's a dysfunctional way of looking at it. Yes, we all have thorns in our flesh. It's the challenging things we need to overtake and overcome with God's help and power, mm-hmm. but we don't let them overcome us and consume us and crush us. Right. That's an excuse. That's not where God wants you to remain. All right, mental rocks, okay? Number two, shame rocks. Shame rocks. Mm-hmm. Man, this is the deep wounds from your past trauma, past abuse. That's sabotaging all your relationships. There are men out there listening right now. Maybe it's you, brother. Things were done to you when you were a kid that were horrific. Someone broke your trust. I know of one man, horrific story, when he was a young boy, um, moved into a new neighborhood. He was all excited to make friends. And a group of older boys, they invited him. Hey, let's go to the cemetery. Let's go play and hang out or whatever. He's like, hi, cool. This is awesome. They brought him to the seminary and they all gang raped him. And then they accused him of being gay. Lord of mercy. And then they told him that he was no good. There was something wrong with him and they're going to kill him. Hmm. And then they pulled out a shovel that they brought with them and said, you're going to dig your own grave. Wow. And he started digging. And lucky for him, God spared him. An adult came walking through the cemetery at that moment and he ran to safety. Mm. Wow. Imagine the emotional, psychological, and spiritual rocks that boy carried the rest of his life. Am I gay? 
Was it my fault? Does God love me? Why would he let that happen? I just wanted to play. That's an extreme example. But this is what men suffer with as little boys. These are the rocks that the enemy uses to manipulate and distort our view of God and his love for us. Shame. We carry shame with us for our lives. You can imagine what it's like to go into relationships with girls after something like that has happened to you as a boy. Right. Why can't I perform well? Why can't I? Why isn't it work? Ah, the frustration. All right. So those are the second types of deadly rocks that kill most men. God wants to set you free from your shame rocks, brother. Number three is business rocks. Business rocks. All you businessmen, you high achievers, I get to work with you. <laughs> You're earning six figures, seven figures. I work with eight figure, nine figure business guys. You're badasses in your business. In order to be a badass in your business, you have to have a little bit of control freak in you. True or true? Absolutely. Right? You're a type A, you're alpha, you take pride in it. Man, when I say something, you move, let's go. And people do because you got natural leadership in you. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, you're like, uh, you know, it serves you in business, that control. But at home, it destroys your relationships. And you don't know how to turn it off because why doesn't it work at home? It works at work. I'm successful. It's all I know. So I got to use it at home. Honey, let's go. Move. Boy, let's go. Girl, let's go. But it it. destroys. It destroys the relationships, right? So business rocks, going back to business, they look like imposter syndrome. Probably Mm. the top, top one in the business world. I have that top 100 uh, business show, your first 100K. I interview guys that did six figures last year and ones that did $250 million last year in their business. Imposter syndrome, they all wrestle with. I'm a fraud. I'm a fake. Someday someone's going to find out. Everyone's going to find out. It's going to crash and burn. Self-doubt is another business rock. Self-doubt. You're constantly second-guessing your decisions. You're hesitating. You're start, stopping, start, stopping, start, stopping. Drains your energy, depletes you. And then you just want to go drink or smoke or do something, right? Procrastination. Mm. Procrastination. That's right? Me right here. Oh, look at David. <laughs> Leadership. He's going first, man. I love it. All right. We procrastinate. Or when we finally do start the thing, we don't complete it. Yep. We don't see things through. This is a problem. These are rocks. And then the lone wolf, one of my favorite, because mm-hmm. that was me, the lone wolf syndrome. Right? LWS. Brother, do you have LWS? There's a drug for you. No. Right? The lone wolf syndrome. I think I just made this up. Um, But this is like, I'm going to do it myself. Nobody can do it quite like me. I'm the best. Y'all, like, seriously, how do you not get what I do? Let's go. Right? Lone wolf. And we try to fix ourselves, fix the problems, fix others, fix situations, and we control it. These are business rocks, okay? So that's the third. We're moving through the list. Fourth type of deadly rock kills most men, marriage rocks. You got rocks in your marriage. This is the real reason you're losing intimacy with your wife. Some of you men, let's be real, you can't get it up anymore. There's a problem. And it's not a physical problem most of the time. It's a connection problem. You just don't connect with her in the way that you used to. Mm -hmm. But remember, you prayed for this woman. 
Remember years ago when you prayed for her? God, bring me an amazing godly woman. He did. You gave up on her. Mm. You worked too much. You put other things above her. Her heart got hurt. She's just surviving in her own pile of rocks that you've thrown at her. And you want her to go first? Come on. This is your responsibility, brother. Marriage rocks. Parenting rocks. Parenting rocks. This is why you feel guilty as a dad. You got dad guilt. Yeah. Listen, you're a workaholic. You got to make the money. and But you do it all in the name of, I'm doing it for you, honey, and for the kiss. Classic. Classic. But they don't want your money. Sure, they need some provisions and necessities. They want your presence. Yep. And, and not this. Yeah. <laughs> you look at your phone more than you look in your wife's eyes. Yeah. You look at your phone more than you look at your kids. You're more interested in a piece of plastic and metal than you are in the human flesh and the spiritual being made for eternity that God put in your care. If that hurts a little, okay. We got to press on the pain a little so that you snap out of it, brother. But I'm not going to leave you high and dry. I go to a lot of like, you know, churches and they do the homilies, sermons and all this stuff. And like, sure. they tell me what's wrong and what I need to do. But then they don't tell me how. <laughs> And I'm all inspired and motivated. I'm like, I'm ready. Let's go. Like you hit the man part. Let's go. And then I get frustrated because they didn't give me a plan. We're going to give you a plan by the end of the show, brother. You hang in there. All right. Fitness rocks. Fitness rocks. Why do you keep putting the weight back on? Mm. And you're slowly killing yourself, bro. You are a temple made in the image of God. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. There's two men on the either side of the street, and they both have a, a little church, okay? The guy on the left, he's got his church. He takes care of it. He does the landscaping. He hires it out, right? It's beautiful on the inside. It's like a little cathedral, the stained glass. It's so reverent. It's so sacred. You walk in, and you're like, wow, I feel God here. Hmm. I see God here. I know God here in this church. I'm attracted to it. And then you got the guy on the other side of the street and he's got his church and it's like weeds everywhere. The lawn's unkept. The the walls are cracked. The paint is bad and old. Like everything's falling apart. You walk in there and you don't feel God. You don't Mm. see God. You don't know God. And it's unattractive. You want to leave that place. Brother, you, including your physical self, body, mind, and soul, are made in God's image and likeness, and you are meant to draw others to him. Mm. Your life is the gospel for others. Are you the guy whose gospel, whose life looks like a dilapidated church building, a temple that's broken down? You got the dad bod, you look down, you can't even see your junk anymore? Come on. (laughs) Yeah. You got to clean that up. You've tried all the diets, all the fads or whatever. All right, there's other ways to do it. I got a way, right? Now, listen, a personal story, David. I'll wrap up the the dad, the these rocks, fitness rocks. Yeah. Dude, when I hit 40, 
I was so proud. I'm like, I'm lean. I'm ripped. I'm still going. Look at all you guys, man. Don't you care about yourselves? Aren't you embarrassed? (laughs) Ego, pride, right? I'm better than. 43, my body caught up to me and started yelling back. And all of a sudden, I got a dad bod showing up. And I'm looking down in the bathroom and like at my navel. And I'm like, I can't see anything down to the floor. I'm like, what? Where did this come from? It like snuck up on me. It was like an intruder in my house. It came through the window. All of a sudden, I got a dad bod. And I had committed to my wife when we were uh, courting my fiance at the time. I said, honey, I will never have a dad bod. And if I ever look like I'm having one, you call me out and I will blow that thing up. (laughs) Right? And now I had to own it. I had to commit. And I did. And I hired a friend of mine who's a health coach, badass Marine Corps colonel, 30 years. He yelled at me. It It was good, you know. (laughs) But man, two weeks later, I got rid of the dad bod and I've kept it off for several years right now. Yeah. And I'm going to keep it off. Awesome. Fitness rocks, gentlemen. Fitness rocks. You got no energy. Hmm. How are you going to handle your home life? You need energy, period. You need sleep, right? So we get there. All right, last rocks, spiritual rocks. I think these are the the most dangerous of them all. Because your body, you know, hey, it's going to die. It's going to get buried in the ground, and you're not going to take it with you. You know, whether you got a dad bod or a ripped bod, it's in the dirt when you die. Right. But your soul goes on forever. Spiritual rocks. This is why you feel disconnected from God and why you feel lost in your purpose. There's rocks there. I mentioned when I was a boy, like I looked at God as a, a tyrant to be feared. That's how he was presented to me. I wanted to run from him, not run to him when I had problems and rocks, not hand over my rocks. Say, God, this one's too big. I, can you take it? I didn't do that. I was like, no, I got it. I got it. Spiritual rocks, right? You got to blow them up. So recap of the seven deadly rocks, mental rocks, shame rocks, business rocks, marriage rocks, parenting rocks, fitness rocks, spiritual rocks. Mm -hmm. Brother, which of these rocks are you carrying on your back right now? You know, you you mentioned um, towards the end there about the spiritual rocks and, you know, your body and what's going to end up happening to it once you pass on. And I can't help. You know, when I was growing up, I was I grew up Catholic and I converted to Orthodoxy back in 2016, I want to say. And I remember Ash Wednesday, um, we just celebrated, I guess, you know, not too long ago. Mm. Remember that you were dust and the dust you shall return. Um, can't forget that. That's the whole point of Lent, right? That's the whole point of journeying, um, you know, towards towards our Lord and shedding mm. all of that. I mean, it's it's more than just, you know, fasting from food or social media. It's about fasting from our vices, fasting from all of these rocks and trying to make our way uh, towards him. Before before we continue, I do want to ask you one thing, Joseph, it is, since it is Lent and you, know, you do speak to a lot of Catholics, what is something that's not food or anything like that, that you're trying to put off to go to our Lord? I am fasting from control. Mm. Tell us about that. Well, I'm a little control freak. <laughs> And that has served me well in business. 19 years old, first business, did $2 million in first 12 months. Did well. I retired, semi-retired at like age 24. Partied away for five years, prodigal son life. Mm. Lost everything, hit rock bottom. God saved me. 
almost murdered twice, right? Like I got, I got the stories. But that tendency to control is always there. That's my flesh in my side, right. is my pride. And I can do it better. So it's living in sonship looks like living in surrender to God. So my fasting, I don't need to give up chocolate. I need to give up control. Control of God, right? And my relationship with him. How I think he should show up in my life. How I, my tendency is to make God into my image and my likeness rather than him raise me up to his. My tendency to control my wife and my beautiful little babies. To have them think the way I think and do the way I think they should do. And everyone around me and all my relationships, if I'm being honest, like my subconscious, not me, you're more than your mind. You are not your mind. Your mind is separate from you. Your mind is the autopilot that God gave you that runs your life, right? Right. But you direct it. My mind is always pulling downwards. My dad used to say, son, we have a hell-bent tendency. Mm -hmm. That's our default If you're not constantly throttling up, if you're not constantly hitting the accelerator, if you're coasting and complacent in your life, you're moving still downward by default. It's your fall and broken nature. So that's what I'm giving up is control. What are you giving up, brother? Yeah, no, I I love that. And, you know, I'm reminded of, especially you're talking about mindset there. Uh, This concept of, I've heard this before, especially from the church fathers that, uh, you know, our thoughts aren't always our own. I mean, our, our good thoughts usually come from our Lord and our bad thoughts usually come from the demons and the evil one. And I, I remember a priest telling me in confession one time that uh, St. Paisios used to say that, you know, think of your thoughts as airplanes in the air and you're the air traffic controller. You don't have to always land those planes. You can choose which thoughts you entertain and which thoughts that you use to take and to go and live out your purpose with your family, with your job, with your kids, all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just something to think about there. And you, you really, you keyed me there with when you're talking about control. Speaking of control, um, talk to us about work-life balance. How can we, and I feel like as much as we had folks who are working from home a lot because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, that work can creep in. It was already creeping in anyway. We, you know, we already had trouble putting down the phone and answering all the emails in 2019. Yeah. What about now? Something I teach in my coaching is God's relationship hierarchy. Mm. And I'm going to give it to you gentlemen for free right now. Okay. Men pay me a lot of money for this. It's going to be simple. Most things from God are simple. We yeah. overcomplicate them because we're control freaks. Very true. All right. So God's relationship hierarchy. The first thing to ask yourself is, who is first in your life right now? Who is first in your life? And to get honest with it, brother, there's that old saying, David, you've heard it before. It's like, I could tell what's important to you by looking at your credit card receipts. Yeah. All right. I could see, show me where you spend your money. I'll see what's important to you. All right. Yeah. And, and I get that. My version's just a little different. Show me your calendar and where you spend your time. And I will tell you who's important to you. Oh, man. Yeah. 
right? Because who is more important than what, right? Relationships matter. Relationships are eternal. Those are other eternal beings with souls that you will either see in heaven or not. Mm. All the other stuff is trivial, right? It's things, it's objects, it goes away. And I just want to interject, we're stewards of those souls too, as as the fathers, <laughs> as the leaders, right? Oh, crap. Yeah. Did I just hijack your, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, oh, crap. God put the responsibility on us, right. not our wives. Right. But Joseph, David, my wife, she's just so spiritual. She's just more spiritual than me. She's really good at the prayers and stuff. So I'd let her do it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Run with it, bro. But your kids are looking at you. Yep. And your lack of leadership in the spiritual space is how they're going to grow into men and women and what they're going to look to do or be with, who they're going to be with. So if you want your daughters being with a man who doesn't take spiritual responsibility for his family, keep showing up as that man. And you will have a daughter just like that, who marries a man just like you. And if you want sons who treat their wives and kids, blow up on them with anger more often than you'd like to see. Keep doing that to your kids and to your wife. Who you are today is who they're becoming. Who you are today is who they're becoming. So if you don't like the rocks in your life, do something about it. Stop complaining. Stop whining. Stop blaming. Take action. I can show you how. But going back to your life, uh, work-life balance. Okay. Brother, you spent too much time at work, and you do it in the name of your wife and kids. Sorry. Nobody's buying it but you. They want their pres- your presence. They want your time. They want to see themselves in your calendar. Period. And if you're not scheduling in time with your wife the same way you are scheduling in time with your clients, then you don't love her as much as you say. Sorry if this stings a little. We need to be challenged as men. Your kids are waiting for you to just be present with them, to spend time with them, to actually be interested in what they're doing and what they're going through rather than you trying to raise them up to where you are, like somehow they're supposed to be there 20, 30 years prematurely. Like seriously, think about it. So how do you get your work-life balance? By the way, brother, most of the stress in your life is caused by you having priorities in your life that are wrong. You have the wrong priorities in the wrong order. And this is causing all the stress and frustration, which over time stacks into these rocks that cause anger because you feel loss of control. And then, boom, you blow up on the ones you love. Then you feel guilt and shame afterwards and regret. And that uh, emotional loss of control makes you feel even worse and more angry. And now you're stuck in the anger cycle. So you turn to booze and drugs and infidelity and porn. And yes, porn is infidelity. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that. David didn't say that. Jesus said it. If yeah. you lust after a woman in your own mind, you have committed adultery. Oh, crap. 
more than 60% of Christian men are doing that. You're cheating on your wife and then blaming her for not showing up the way you think she should. Okay. How's that working? All right. Work-life balance. David, we made him wait long enough. Here we go. (laughs) I'm going to give you the proper order to your life according to God's hierarchy. And you can go through the Bible and look at the biblical evidence on your own time, brother. First, look at your calendar. God should be first. This is the relationship hierarchy. So number one in your calendar, I'm going to give you the five relationships for your life that will make your life work. And you'll get God's hand of blessing and favor. God first above all humans, including your wife. God first. Are you spending quiet time with him? Are you doing it on a regular basis? Are you giving him the leftovers? Hmm. Or are you giving him the first fruits? Are you tithing your time? Are you giving him the beginning of your day? Not the exhaustion at the end of the day. This is important. This isn't to chastise you. This is just to like call out a blind spot so that you have a choice in the matter. You didn't know what you didn't know. Now you do. Choose. Okay. Uh, So God first, he's your number one. Your number two is your wife. It's not your work. It's the other W. It's your wife, not your work. Mm -hmm. Even if you say, I'm doing the work for my wife. She wants more things. Well, then train her not to. Love her more. Yeah. And she won't want the things as much. Amen. Right? Again, it comes back to us as the men. All right? So your wife is number two, not your kids, not your kids, not your kids. So if you're that dad that spends all the time on the little league field and you got the t-shirt, I was just on another show, I was a guest, and he said, yeah, you know, there's a guy, I was at the little league thing with my son and this guy's wearing the t-shirt that says to the coach, give me the whistle. (laughs) Give me the whistle. Right, you're making the wrong calls, coach. My son should be the blah, blah, blah. if you're that dad and you're that invested and you're blowing up. And he and this uh host he said, I watched the guy get out of the stands, go down, and want to fight the coach anger, rage. Why? Because he's not pointing his good anger in the right areas of his life, like at his rocks. Anger is a good emotion given by God, Jesus showed us how to use righteous anger in a very positive way when he flipped tables in the father's house when it was being desecrated. It's not meant to be used against the ones we love. It's meant to be used against evil and evildoers. This is critical. All right, so shift that focus. All right, so your wife is number two. God's one, wife two. Kids are third, kids are third, kids are third. If you want to raise healthy, godly kids who keep the faith and love God and become incredible human beings, show them how much you love their mother. Show them. Don't tell them. Show them how much you love their mother. And your daughters will watch and see how a man should treat them. And your sons will watch and see how they should treat women by how you treat her critical rise up brother rise up step up she's number two kids a third and then we got what we got the the family and friends number four family and friends it's extended right your parents your 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 in-laws right your siblings they're important 
but not before your vocation, which is wife and kids. Okay. All right. So spend time with your family, heal those daddy wounds you have, heal those mommy wounds, right? It's critical. I teach how to do that. Men get set free from childhood stuff, right? Uh, And then fifth, ready? Oh my goodness. It's going to blow your mind, David. Your fifth order of priority, your business. (laughs) David's like, where am I? How come I'm not on the list? David, here's the beautiful part of God and his order. When you put God first, your wife second, your kids third, your family and friends fourth, your business and finances fifth, guess who God takes care of? Ba-boom. You don't have to. You're welcome. How freeing is that? You don't need to do all the self-love. You don't need to do all the self-soothing. Because when you set it up at the hierarchy of God and, and arrange your time, your calendar in the order I just gave you, one, two, three, four, five, you have less stress. You have little to no anger and rage anymore. And you have peace. Mm-hmm. You have peace because you're aligned with God's order, which is the right order for your life. That's your work-life balance. It's not actually work-life balance. That's a misnomer. It's work-life integration. Okay? That's how you do it. Is that helpful? Absolutely. I love that, dude. I mean, you really laid it out there for us. I appreciate that. And so we are just about out of time, but I do want to ask you one more quick thing. Mm. What is a verse that you are using right now, pondering right now, meditating on right now. Do you want to share that with us? Yeah, of course. Wait patiently on the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, you little control freak. Wait patiently on the Lord. God tells us twice because he knows what we deal with. He knows the thorn in our flesh. He knows our tendency to control people and situations, to play God in our own lives and steal from him. So what do you do in the meantime when you're waiting patiently on God to get the outcomes and results? See, I believe, David, that what belongs to us as men is our actions or our inaction. Mm. Nothing else. The outcomes and results belong to God. We're trying to manipulate them and control the outcomes and results. That's where we're playing God. So if you're wondering if you're playing God in your life, if you're out trying to manipulate outcomes and results and people and you know, you're doing all this stuff, trying to make it work out for your interest, even in the name of good, right? You're stealing from God. Not recommended. Hmm. You won't get his blessing and favor when you steal from him and play God in your life because you're worshiping false gods, you, your ego, your pride. That's key, right? So put him back in charge, all right? And then what do you do in the meantime while you're waiting patiently on the Lord because it's about following, aligning with God's will and God's timing Mm -hmm. and God's timing, both are necessary, right? But God's timing, I don't like. He takes too long. Let's be real. Instant gratification. We've been trained. Yep. I want it yesterday. Yep. God, I gave you your shot. I'm taking back the control. 
Jesus, take the wheel, take the wheel. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I can't do it anymore. He does. He's a good father. All right, Jesus, I don't like the direction you're going. I would have went right here. You need to make a right turn. You didn't even put on a blinker. Put on the blinker. Let's go. Give me the wheel. Give me the wheel. And we take back control, right? So what do we do when we're waiting on God? God tells us, be brave and courageous. That looks like surrender to him. Hmm. Know he's faithful. Know he's going to come through. Know he has plans for good, not for harm for you. He's going to see you through. You just got to stay surrendered as a son. Surrender to no man, only to God. That's good surrender. Surrender to no man, but surrender to your father in heaven. It's key. Key to everything. Is that helpful? Absolutely. Amen, brother. You know, I was just thinking here as you were talking over the last two questions that St. Augustine says that church is a hospital for sinners. But I feel like for this podcast today, for this specific episode, we got to visit urgent care with Dr. Joseph. So, <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank you for that, that, that quick injection for us. Um, so as we close here, I want to give you a chance to tell us where we can connect with you, check out your podcast, explore your coaching program, and also pick up that awesome new book. Fantastic. All right. So the book is called Peace and Purpose, An Easy and Proven Way to Eliminate Your Anger and Stress in 90 Days or Less, Guaranteed. Mm. Uh, You can find that at freepurposebook.com. Pretty simple. Freepurposebook.com. Go get your copy. Uh, Just cover the shipping and the book's yours for free. Okay. Um, And then, you know, if you like some of the things I'm saying and you're ready to do the work in your life, and you're tired of carrying the rocks, and you're tired of therapy and counseling, and it just hasn't worked, and you want to get rid of the rocks once and for all, and you think I might be the guy that can help you because God's shown me how to do it, and I help all these men do it, and I have a 96% success rate. The 4% is the guy that pretended he was ready, but he wasn't. You know, He ruined my average. I'm not happy with him. But uh, you know, if you want to learn the seven steps for mastering your anger and your stress, if you want to get that peace and purpose in your life, or maybe you don't have the anger and stress, maybe you have a great home life, but uh, you're at a place in your business where you're highly successful, you have all these resources, but you don't know how to use them for God's kingdom in the way he wants you to, and you want to get clarity around your purpose, and maybe God's calling you to make your business into a ministry or create a ministry outside of your business, and you're that guy, I can help you for sure. Two ways I can help you. The first is uh, we're about to start a group coaching, right? So a cohort. I'm going to work with a bunch of guys. It's going to be awesome for the next 12 months. First 90 days, we're going to blast out all your rocks. It's demolition. As David said, it's the fun part, right? Demolition. It's hard work, man. Right? You you get some bruises, but it's awesome. We're doing it together. You're not alone anymore, brother, right? And then once the rocks are gone, then you got the peace, The anger is gone. You got peace. Now you could start focusing on the purpose that God has for your life. And we spend the next nine months doing that together. It's awesome. So if that's of interest to you, um, you can find out more about that at blowuprocks.com, blowuprocks.com, because men like to blow up things, right? We don't want to fix things. We want to blow them up. All right. So go blow up your rocks at blowuprocks.com. But if you're the guy who says, Joseph, I've done really well in my business. I want the best. I want one-on-one with you, dude. I think you're my guy. I've been praying for an answer. I think you're the answer to my prayer. Uh, Then go check out freepurposecall.com. 
www.freepurposecall.com, freepurposecall.com. And uh, I'm going to give you 30 minutes of my time, one-on-one. And uh, we're going to identify clearly your rocks uh, that you're dealing with. Uh, we're going to come up with a clear plan to get you through them. And then we'll see if you and I are meant to work together in an official coaching relationship. That's a bigger investment, right? So if your finances aren't in order, don't go there. Go to the group thing. All right. But if you're that guy and you're ready for one-on-one, go to freepurposecall.com. Thank you for giving me the space to share that, David. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Look, this has been fantastic for me. I just I just got to sit back and just listen to you and take it take it all in. And I didn't I wasn't writing my notes, but you know what? I'm a guy that likes to go back and listen anyway a couple of times. So I'm looking forward to doing that. And yeah, thanks, man. This has been excellent. Uh, God bless you during this uh, Lenten period and with everything that you're doing. And we 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 can't wait to have you back on sometime soon. Cheers. God bless you. God bless every man who listened today. There was a reason you listened today. God wants you to take an action. Take it. Thank you so much, man. Take care, everybody. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey, dads. Are you responsible for your household or business finances? If so, check out my website, runthemoney.com. Run the Money is the place for money management tips for saving more, paying off debt, and budgeting. I also give you ideas and information for starting a side business. If you're in between jobs or need a way to get a better handle on your family's money, go to runthemoney.com for free articles on money management. That's runthemoney.com, R-U-N-T-H-E-M-O-N-E-Y, all one word, runthemoney.com. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to Dad Devotionals. Be sure to text me at 717-913-5671 to join the Devoted Dads community. Do me a favor and share this episode with at least one other person who could benefit. Until next time, take care and God bless.